another episode of Sincerely Z. Um, Today I'm excited to share with you that we have a new schedule. Episodes are coming out every Tuesday and Friday, so this last week has been our last Wednesday one. Um, And then we're going to get an occasional Sunday guest episode where a podcaster can come in with just a pitch that they have given to us and get their own little episode. That's really exciting. I think it's going to be fun to hear from a lot of different voices from all over, and it's really exciting. Um, We're also going to be making some group episodes for you all. Our first one just came out this past Wednesday. Um, I don't know if there's a specific date that they're all going to come out, because we're just going to have to figure out and work together around when we can actually record together, because it's a little difficult to figure out a Zoom that works best for everyone. So... Just look out for when we promote those. Um, There's not going to be a certain day or a certain weekday that I think they'll be posted. It'll all just depend. Um, But it was a bunch of fun making our last one. And I'm really proud of our team. And I'm greatly looking forward to sharing some of our plans with you all. But now I'm going to get back to our normal programming. Today I'll be sharing some of my favorite protest songs and the importance of them, along with songs that are maybe not protest songs necessarily, but are very politically driven. And before we dive into my list, I wanted to note that in the description of this episode, I'll link a playlist of all the songs mentioned. Um, They're incredibly powerful songs, which I'm sure you'll hear me say many times throughout the episode in one way or another. So when you have a few minutes, I just suggest slowly making your way through the playlist. Um, I do not feel that you will regret it in the slightest. And with all that being said, I'm going to hop right into this episode. So my life revolves heavily around music. I've grown up in a household where you'll rarely step into the house and find a time where we don't have a record on or just music playing um, in one form or another. Uh, If you step into most of our rooms, you'll be greeted by a concert poster or two. And I could truly go on and on with examples such as those, but to put it simply, music has just always been a great influence in my life. Um, With that and growing up, luckily having parents with an excellent music taste and an excitement to share it with me, I've come across my fair share of protest songs. Um, A protest song, for those who maybe aren't as aware, are songs that become associated with a social movement and or change. This doesn't necessarily mean that the song was written for that purpose, but it's been taken by the public and used to get a point across and unite one one another through the song's message. Um, This episode won't be entirely about songs that have been widely used in the midst of a movement, I'll also be talking about a few songs that have heavy themes of political issues and are songs that are just politically driven. These songs, from my knowledge, don't have a specific title, but I thought I'd give a little definition for clarification later on. Anyways, getting back on track, I'm going to give a quick little timeline of the history of protest songs just to get us up to where we are today. It's not going to be super detailed because if I chose to be very detailed, I would probably have to make a good 10 episodes on the subject before I could even get to talking about some of my favorite songs. Because, you know, a lot happens throughout history that warrants a political message to come across through song. So 
I truly can't get that detailed, but I thought I would create a little timeline for you. Anyways, um, so the tradition of protest songs have been around for centuries, knowingly dating all the way back to the colonial ages with the song Yankee Doodle Dandy, um, which I'm going to pause real quick. As I was learning um, the history of this song for this podcast, I realized how bizarre it was that in elementary school, I feel like I had to sing this song all the time. Maybe not all the time, but like a fair amount. I feel like it was done at assemblies quite a bit or just in my music class. And that is so weird. That is so weird. Now that I know what it's about, that's so weird. Because obviously they didn't teach us the history of the song because it doesn't have a great history. And school likes to erase part of the history that um, that it was a little more messy. You feel me? Um, so I just thought it was about a man who liked his horse and macaroni, you know? Um, but no, that's not what the song is about. So it's just, okay. You're going to find out what the song is about. Sorry. I'm rambling a little bit, but I like to talk. So this happens a lot. Um, if you're not new to the podcast, I'm sure you know that, but yeah, that is so weird that I had to sing that song. Did you guys have to sing it? Obviously you can't answer me because you're listening to a recording, but I thought I'd ask anyways. Um, getting back to it, um, Yankee Doodle Dandy was basically the roast song of the century, if you will. Um, it was used by the British troops to make fun of Americans. And from my understanding, the purpose of the lyrics were to make fun of the outfits Americans were popularizing at the time, taking inspiration from Italy where people wore more flamboyant clothing for what was normal in the time period. Essentially... The British were being your basic early 2000s movie Mean Girl, teasing someone for being gay. Um, where's Hillary Duff when you need her, am I right? <laughs> oh my goodness, I think I'm so funny. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, that commercial that Hillary Duff did? I don't know when. A long time ago. Um, it's funny. I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about. Anyways... Obviously, this didn't sit right with the American men who were easily offended and frightened by any threat to their masculinity and strong appearance. So Americans took the song, claimed it as their own, and threw it right back at the British um, to, um, I don't know, be ironic. Um, they didn't change any of the lyrics or anything, so I don't entirely understand why they would have found this useful in the slightest. But... I guess that they were just trying to be ironic to the point where it would annoy the British. Um, so yeah, that's where protest songs originate from. Um, but although I believe that there had to have been songs used by groups politically before this, but Yankee Doodle was the first song written into history with significance. Um, but I feel that if we know anything about written history there had to have been songs that occurred before this. Um, that's, that's just my thoughts. But yeah, beginning with that origin, I'm going to skip ahead to um, a couple hundred years. <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead because again, a super detailed timeline would take forever. 
And so I'm going to give you a timeline of protest songs over the last hundred years before I discuss the songs I enjoy individually. So in the early 1900s, many of the songs used were by slaves in America to express frustration as well as to create a sense of unity and togetherness. In the late 1910s and early 1920s, protest songs were mainly directed towards World War I and the inequalities of the class system. In the later 1920s through 1930s, lyrics were focused on the Great Depression and the inequalities brought to light during the time period, along with an uptake in songs about racial discriminations. Um, I'm sure you're seeing a pattern here of protest songs reflecting the issues of the time, which is no surprise, I assume. So I could go very in-depth, like I've said multiple times, but I'm going to assume that you have a little bit of background on some of the history and just kind of move through the rest of it kind of quickly. That way we can get to my favorite part of the episode. Um, And yeah, because... It would take so long considering the many issues music has tackled and the many events that have led lyricists to do so. So I'm just going to pick up the pace real quick um, and give you like the main points of protest songs from each decade. So 1940s, it was dominated by folk music with many themes of class and racial inequality. The 1950s did a lot of the same, though folk was not as relevant as in the previous decade. In the 1960s, it was all about the Vietnam War, um, peace, civil rights movement, and overall just revolution. The 70s was still heavily focused in on the Vietnam War. Soul music took over for protest anthems of this time. And the 80s produced many of my favorite songs that I'll be listing today. Absolutely dominated by rap music, focused in on racism and anti-Reagan beliefs. Um, The 90s, they had its fair share of rap, rock, grunge, heavy metal, and girl power. Um, So there was a lot of musical genres mixing in at the time. Everyone was getting involved. Um, What a time, am I right? I mean, I wasn't alive for it, but I know enough about it to say, man, what a time. I wish I was alive in the 90s, but we're not going to get into that. Um, There was lots of social commentary going on. Um, much to do with women's rights, again, racism, because sadly, it's a conversation that has had to be carried on. And in the 90s, we started to see less direct political lyrics than before. Um, Sometimes you would have to dig for the meaning. And it would take really like reading the lyrics rather than just listening to it to understand why it's a political message. But once you fully grasped the meaning, it was just so much more powerful. In the 2000s, we saw a lot of anti-war accompanied by anti-Bush administration music. 2010s, we've gotten a mix of many different issues brought up through song. Feminism, Black Lives Matter, anti-Trump administration, and pro-LGBTQ. That brings us up to now, meaning that I can tell you all um, all about some of my favorite songs. It was kind of hard to craft my list because there are so many brilliant songs Um, But these were some of the songs that first came into my mind when I decided to create this episode. And yeah, so I figured if they were first to come into my mind, then that means they're probably some of my favorites. Although sometimes the mind is just weird, you know, sometimes I'll be playing like one of those games where you have to think fast and it's like name an actor Oh, and I played one of these games not too long ago. It was like I had to name an actor like super fast before somebody else did. And I said Matthew McConaughey. I don't know the last time I saw him in a movie. 
I don't know if I have seen any of his movies, to be honest. So maybe that wasn't the best way to go about crafting my list. But whatever. I'm proud of all the songs I chose. They're all fantastic songs. So it doesn't really matter. And also, I think I might make a couple more episodes like these um, spread out a little bit, like not in a row, because there are so many great songs that I feel deserve to be heard and acknowledged. So, and I couldn't fit them all into this one episode. So I'm thinking I'll do a couple more episodes on this. And yeah, so I'm going to take a quick break and we will go and dive right in. So to start, I wanted to talk about the first song I've ever experienced being used at an actual protest, which is Woody Guthrie's song, This Land Is Your Land. Um, When I went to my first women's march, this song was sang as we were marching down the streets of Seattle, and it was just a really powerful experience for me to hear all of these voices united together trying to share the same message. Um, It was just really beautiful and something that I'll think about often. I'm lucky that I got a video of it. It's not super long, but it's something that's nice to go back and look at. This song has been said by many that it could be an alternate national anthem just because it's so famous and has been used so many times. Um, And while that's something that's very controversial to say, I thought it was worth mentioning because it was brought up in all of the articles I read about the song. Woody Guthrie was a man who was very much in love with travel. So that's what he spent a lot of his time doing, whether it was hitchhiking, getting a ride from someone, Going on horse or walking, he just loved to travel, so he saw quite a bit of the country, meeting quite a bit of people. So the song is essentially just about all the people he met and how great he found it to see all different kinds of people on his journeys. This song has kind of been used as like a love song to America in the sense that we're admiring the fact that America is, well, supposed to be a place for all different people to come and be welcomed. Um... This is probably one of my favorites just because of my experience with this song. Like, I can't even put into words how amazing it was um, to be a part of that moment at the Women's March. Um, Because, you know, we were all there for the same reason. We were all there to empower those who um, Trump and his administration looked down upon. Um, I'm not going to ignore the fact that there were some issues with inclusivity within the organization of the Women's March. But to be completely honest, I honestly had no idea that was happening um, behind the scenes until a couple of years later. So when I was there marching, I was marching with people who I feel felt the same emotions as me. Um, I was incredibly angry that someone like him got put into office. And I was scared because, well, I don't really think I need to elaborate on that. He is a horrifying man. Um, But also because of the song and just, um, I don't know, the entire vibe of the march I was feeling more united than ever like I'd never experienced standing next to thousands of strangers who were all experiencing the same kind of emotions and that song just really tied the whole moment together for me it was like I have said a couple times um just beautiful it was amazing so the next song I want to talk about is Mississippi Goddamn by Nina Simone it was released in 1963, and she was inspired to write the song after a bombing in Alabama church killed four young black girls. Um, this song was her way of kind of saying, like, we know what's going on, and, like, we see you, like, we see what's happening. And it was actually a song that was banned from many radios because of the word goddamn. Um, and there was just a lot of backlash that came with the song, but Nina Simone stated on a television appearance that 
those people were just missing the point of the song and it was much needed to reflect on current events happening around the U.S. Nina was a very powerful voice in the civil rights movement and the songs definitely speak to that. Um, I'm not going to transfer over to a song that she actually did a cover of as well as many other artists, um, but the 1939 song Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday This song touches on some disturbing subjects and the killing of Black Americans. Um, It was made to protest the lynching of Black people. The song refers to the victims of these horrific events as fruit hanging on a tree. Um, It's been called the beginning of the civil rights movement. It's such a heartbreaking song, but it it had to be heartbreaking to express the seriousness of the subject. It was performed all over New York specifically as a protest song. And it's incredible. Like I said, like it's really heart-wrenching and just so incredibly sad, especially when you think about the reason why they, that sh- like the song had to be made. It's just horrible, but it's a very, it was a very important song. Um, now moving on to song number um, three, four. No, yeah, no. Yeah, four. Four, right? Yeah, okay, no, song number four. Um, Times They Are Changing by Bob Dylan. It would be impossible, maybe even criminal, to create a podcast about protest songs without mentioning Bob Dylan. Um, This 1964 song became an anthem for the frustrated youth of the time. Um, This was one of the songs that Bob Dylan wrote with the purpose of it being used for change. He had many, many songs that were taken by the public and used as protest songs, but he hadn't written them with the intention of being used for that. Um, Not to say that he was upset by it or anything. It's just this song is special because he meant it to be used as a protest song. Um, He wanted it to speak to many. And at this time, it's also when folk music was super, sorry, stumbling on my words. It was super influential with um political music and bob dylan remains um one of the most prominent figures of folk music so my next song is the revolution will not be televised by gil scott heron um this song was released in 1971 and i view it more as a spoken word poetry rather than a song but you know there's some music to back it so it still very much deserves a slot in this episode Um, I'm sure you've all heard the saying, the revolution will not be televised at one point in your life. Um, So if you haven't heard the song, but you've heard the saying over and over again, you really need to take a moment and listen to it. It's so powerful and still so relevant. Um, This song is about not watching the revolution in the media, but actually being a part of it. It also expresses that we can't allow the media to take control of the revolution Because, you know, they can twist words and make things appear to be as something they're not. Which I think we've been seeing a lot of, especially this past year. Um, Because I know I went to a couple of Black Lives Matter protests and seeing what they would say on the news, it's not at all what I really experienced. So um, I was kind of able to see what the media does firsthand, like so many others across America did this past summer. Um, Because the media can be dangerous. It really portrayed things in a way that was false. Um, So it's still a very relevant song. Uh, And 
it's just it's really powerful also i do feel that the song is like so packed with meaning that you in order to get the most out of it you kind of just have to pull up the lyrics and read them while listening which is actually something i'll suggest you do with a couple other songs mentioned in this episode but it's just really helpful to like take like an extra minute or two and just kind of unpack the lyrics um because that's how you're going to get the most out of it. Like, yes, it's powerful while listening to it, but it's even more powerful when you spend the time, like, digging deep and trying to understand it completely. My next song is Revolution by the Beatles. It was released in 1968, and it was the first of many political Beatles songs. Um, It was written in response to the Vietnam War, and such as the revolution will not be televised. Um, Like I just said, I suggest reading the lyrics to this one also because I mean I've grown up listening to the Beatles but I only within the last couple of years have realized everything that's packed into that song um because honestly I just always thought it was a fun song to like sing along to because you know it has a fun beat um but there's message there's messages that are important in the song so yeah read that one also um there are like many contrasting lyrics in the song like um when you talk about destruction don't you know that you can count me out but then on another occasion they end it with don't you know that you can count me in and this was because john lennon who wrote the song had not yet made up his mind on the use of destruction as a form of protest and that's a conversation i also feel is still very relevant um Okay, wait, let me pause real quick. Most of these songs are still relevant. That's part of what makes them so powerful. They can relate to many generations, and that's why they've stuck. So, although I wish they haven't had to stick around, I think that all of the songs that I'm naming today are timeless. I don't think that's going to stop me from telling you how relevant I think they still are, but, I don't know, just a little side note. Um, But yeah, that's a conversation that's been had a lot this past summer also again with the black lives matter movement um and i could really dive deep into that but that's for a whole other episode uh so moving on to song number seven is god save the queen by sex pistols this song was so controversial let me tell you it was banned by many radio stations although it had skyrocketed on the charts which is like not common like if you're high up on the charts you expect to be heard on the radio but no nope it was banned um so controversial it even left one politician openly saying that they wished sudden death upon the sex pistols um this song came out in 1977 and it was to protest british politics and the old um old-fashioned royal monarch ways the title which is part of the reason it was so controversial is mocking the national anthem It became, ironically, an anthem in England for punk rockers and young people who could really feel and relate to the anger of this song. So my audio cut out, but we were at song number nine. Um, Wow, I feel like I'm really going through these songs quickly. Oops. Um, I think that when I record episodes, I like just speak so much faster than I would in like a normal conversation and I really have no idea why 
and I've never really thought about it before, but I, I really just think that I speak so much faster. That's so interesting. Huh. Well, now I'm going to be like more aware of it. <laughs> Watch me talk slowly the rest of this episode. That would be funny. Um, anyways, you didn't come here to listen to me speak about my, um, talking habits. So moving on into song number nine, which is Changes by Tupac. The song was released in 1998, um, after he passed away. And this song really just calls for justice. Um, he shows his sadness and frustration, um, that he experiences while living in America as a black man. Um, he felt that he didn't see much change compared to the time he wrote the song and the civil rights movement, um, which is obviously heartbreaking because it had occurred decades before, um, like a solid amount of time had passed. I'm not going to say a long time because, you know, these events were still very recent and, you know, media likes to try and trick us and make us think that it was a long time ago by putting the pictures in black and white and that's just not the case. Anyways. That's a different conversation for a different time. Um, the song just really touches on all of the challenges of being Black in America. And, you know, Tupac was such an incredible lyricist that the song is just amazing. He's not someone that I've listened to a whole lot of, but I know that he's argued to be one of the best rappers of all time. And I, I know that's also a controversial statement. So I'm not going to give my opinion on that. Also, I feel like I haven't listened to enough of him to have like a solid opinion, you know, but everything I've heard, excellent. He was a very, very talented man. Um, so now song number 10, which from here on out, we're kind of counting down some of my favorites. Um, not in any order particularly, but from here up until song number 15, because I'm only doing 15 songs today. Um, they're my most favorite and like frequently listened to of the episode. So with that, song number 10 is We the People by Tribe Called Quest. It was released two days after America was shocked um, by the results of the 45th presidential election. It's like a rallying cry acknowledging the racism, misogyny, and homophobia of America. And the fantastic song is paired with an equally as great music video. So to get the full effect of the song, I suggest watching the music video. Um they go hand in hand and they're just great together another thing that made the song so like powerful and just all the more memorable is that tribe called quest hadn't put out a record in 20 years so clearly they felt that we were living in a time where something had to be said and it was their job to say it um just really a fantastic song and group they're very very talented um my dad likes them so I've grown up hearing a bit of them here and there, and I always really love them. They're very talented. So for song 11 and 12, I'm going to kind of combine them into one little section because I feel that there are similarities between the two. And those two are All Right by Kendrick Lamar, which was put out in 2015, and This Is America by Childish Gambino, which was released in 2018. Both of these songs were raised all over the place and rightfully so i believe that they both also won grammys i'm not a hundred percent sure on that like don't quote me on that but i'm fairly certain that they did and they're also songs that you kind of need to watch the music video for um to get 
like the entire experience of the song but they are um a bit more graphic so just watch with caution and if you don't feel that you can handle the music video the songs by themselves are still incredibly powerful it's just me personally i feel that the music video really enhances their message um both songs focus on racism song all right reminds people that you know we're gonna be all right and has easily already become the anthem of a generation of protesters who feel tired and drained that they're fighting for the same things that people um years before them did and you know it's it's an incredible song this is america um also an instant classic speaks of racism and the lack of gun control in america um it's flooded with symbolism and has proven to be a very important song for society today i think a lot of the symbolism comes from the music video so i know that there's articles written about it because he had so many things in that music video he is genius um it's so so incredible to watch and then especially after you've read what some of those symbolism um symbolic uh i don't know what to call them they weren't like easter eggs i guess um it just you have like kind of a new perspective on it and it's just amazing i've said that word so many times in this episode i'm so sorry i'm very repetitive but they're all so good so what am i supposed to um anyways song number 14 is american idiot by green day this song was released in 2004 on the album of the same title. Green Day, they are no strangers to being political. Um, man, I love Green Day so much. I'm actually sitting in my room right now and hanging above me is a signed American Idiot um, record signed by Trey Cool. What a man. I, oh, I just love Green Day. Um, I saw a green day concert i went to a green day concert in an area that is quite conservative and can i just tell you that i loved the energy in the room during american idiot because it was like awkward but also i'm at a concert so i didn't care um and it was just so fun because there were people who were clearly uncomfortable, but Green Day's just on stage absolutely rocking it. And I just loved it. I think it's so funny. And it's it was definitely one of my favorite parts of the concert. Um, but getting back on track, this song was for quite some time said to be an anti-Bush administration song. But the band later came out to say that they don't feel it's about one administration specifically rather than the system as a whole and the lack of actual representation it gives the American people. Um, the song is full of anger and is one that many people can relate to today. It has resurfaced um, with the last um, election. Although, honestly, did this song ever really go away? I don't think so. It's too iconic. But, you know, it's a fantastic song for getting political anger out. And I'm sure that's why it resurfaced. It's also a great song for dancing in your room too just throwing that out there um now our second to last song song number 14 fuck the police by nwa which was released in 1988 
Um, another song that I'm sure you've heard at least once or referenced before, and it's a message that is strong and something that has been plastered all over the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I went down to an area of Seattle the day after a protest that turned into a riot by looters and people who were there for all the wrong reasons. But yet again, that's a whole different conversation that I will have another time. Um, So anyways, I went down the day after with my film camera because I wanted to, you know, just capture some history because that's honestly why I wanted to get um, a camera was to capture these important moments. And so I went and there was spray painting all over of fuck the police. And, um, and then also when I went to a few protests this summer, it was a song that was blasted through speakers and it's just very clearly an important song to the movement. Um, and yeah, so a member of NWA, sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second. A member of NWA came out this past summer and said that, like, while most artists would be thrilled to see their song getting lots of streams again, he found it very unfortunate, which it undoubtedly is. But the song does play an important role and is the song of a revolution. Um, The last song of the day is Fight the Power by Public Enemy. This was easily the first song I thought of to include in this podcast because it's just so so good and I love it obviously that's why I'm choosing it as my closing song um but so Public Enemy they were big on the scene of hip-hop in the 90s and Spike Lee actually sought them out to specifically make the music for his movie Do the Right Thing um which is the story of like big city racial tensions um and Spike Lee wanted an anthem for that movie and an anthem he sure as hell got um fight the power came out in 1989 and is still used today as a call to action plea um man i just love this song it's so incredible um the saying and the song are also something that can be found broadcasted at protest as it very well should be and yeah um the movie's great that like I suggest watching the movie also and then obviously it has a fantastic soundtrack um and yeah that was my last song those were 15 of my favorite protest songs I could go on and on so definitely look out for a similar episode um sometime in the future and like I mentioned before there's a playlist of songs in the description Um, there are going to be a couple songs in there that I didn't mention today, but I'm planning on mentioning in the future. So you can skip those songs for now if you want. I mean, they're all fantastic songs, but there are going to be songs I didn't mention today. Um, so that's all I have for you for this episode. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, yeah. Um, thanks. Uh, I'll see you next time. Um, stay groovy.